Welcome to the Grow Your Practice podcast. Hi, I'm your host, Chad Madden, owner of Madden Physical Therapy and Breakthrough. Join me each week as we dive into the best practices, systems, principles, tips, and tricks to help you grow your private practice. Hey, everybody. This is Chad Madden with the Grow Your Practice podcast. And today, very excited to sit down with Mr. Stephen Cohen. Stephen is the CEO and co-founder of Sarah Health, uh, provider of RTM and patient communication. So welcome to the podcast here, Stephen. Chad, thank you very much for having me and then for audience for listening, hoping that we can give them a very valuable, you know, uh, section of their time today. Awesome. Thanks. So RTM, hot topic, uh, something new. We have just to set the contact context here, and you know, we have declining reimbursements that are going down dramatically. The cost of business providing care has gone up dramatically, especially in the last three years. Um, many owners today are scrambling for, you know, how can we increase our our revenue? RTM seems to be a very viable option. How did you get, if you can bring us up to speed, how did you, you know, start Sarah Health? Um, what was the impetus to do that? And what was your career, you know, leading up to that, preparing you for success here? Yeah, Chad, I am a frustrated patient, which is why I started this company. So, but I didn't do it alone. I uh, found my CTO who was getting his master's in computer science at UCLA. And I was getting my MBA and then our head of clinical, Paul, who's a doctor of physical therapy and spent about a decade at the Mayo Clinic in Rochester. So that's the the trinity, uh, the holy trinity of health tech, right? Uh, clinical business and tech to start this. And we like to joke that we've been doing RTM since before it was cool, uh, definitely before it was paid for broadly. Uh, so we started the company in 2018. We were helping these physical therapists primarily that were in value-based arrangements with high-risk employers like firefighters. So into the thousands of firefighters on the platform. And when we started experimenting with how to get them to engage, what we found is that, yes, some will do the log into an app or a web app. But what we found was if you could actually use a text message and especially use it in a way to provide some introspection, you could basically create this almost Pavlovian effect of, oh, this is how I feel. Now I'm going to go do my my exercises. And you know, the, the years of 2018 through 2022, we learned a lot, built an amazing product, an amazing team. And then when these codes came out, it was just, it was a gift. And 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 I have advisors tell me you should you know you should say you had more forethought and, and all that. Like, no, we were just doing what we set out to do, which was improve the patient continuity between visits. And luckily we were in the right place, right time for when policy caught up to to where we've been heading for you know the five years prior. Great. So the, you said something there that caught my attention, uh providing introspection. And then you also mentioned Pavlovian, which was Super serendipitous that you brought that up because I've literally, <laughs> I literally, that's the second reference in like the last 12 hours to uh, Pavlov's dog. Uh, yeah. So, what did you mean by providing introspection there via text? Yeah. Uh, so, how, and I guess, how Sarah works is a clinician will enroll a patient into Sarah. They give us a couple pieces of information, it takes typically about 30 seconds. Um, and if they're on WebPT, RainTree, PT Everywhere, and a few others, It'll actually be integrated into their EMR, uh, so they won't have to go to another screen. They enroll the patient, and from there, 
we're going to send a text message to each patient every day based on what they're being treated for, where they're at in their recovery plan, their type of treatment that that clinician provides. So whether an exercise focused, manual therapy focused, where they're at, all sorts of these different data points. And the goal is to get them to answer one question. Um, and so what we found in our previous years of experience was if you can get them to answer that one question, you would we would watch as these firefighters would get the question, respond, and then go do their exercises. And so like that was proof enough for our, our earlier customers that uh, in our previous business model, like, holy cow, this thing is working. And they had some really, really good uh, outcomes in terms of injuries prevented um, and, and injury rates declining. So, you know, we, we had that. And then when these codes came out, just applying it to honestly, what is a much easier patient population, like the injury prevention world was tough. You had people that weren't super motivated, which I guess maybe isn't too different than <laughs> some portion of the bell curve of patients. And then you also had a scale, uh, I guess, complexity, whereas typically one clinician to 400 patients uh, are, are non-injured athletes. And so, um, yeah, that's how we learned uh, about all this and saw that we, we would literally see them answer and then go do their exercises. Yeah. So super curious around the behavioral health behavioral science aspect of that i'm reading a so richard hatton uh 16 and a half psychological i think it's called the illusion of choice and it literally he talks about uh one of the studies that i'm guessing led to that what else did you try i'm so curious now around the that pavlovian um implementation there what else did you try that ultimately led to you know how did you, what other breadcrumbs did you try to get people to do a daily exercise? Because it's a challenge that we all have. Um, leaderboards, gamification in the app, uh, emails, uh, even pushing stuff to the fire, the fire chiefs or other, you know, rungs of, of leadership. Um, gosh, broad communications. And what we found was, it, not only is it really the question, but it has to feel like it's coming from the clinician themselves. And so that was a, another big unlock is right now about 90% of our patients don't know that it's not their clinician texting them. And that's by design. Um, and so, and you can break that facade if you want to, but we highly suggest you don't. Um, and one, we've measured that via survey. And then also we had a, an intern moment. Uh, where as we rolled out new languages, uh, the intern set one of our, our super users as Spanish. And so all of his patients in rural Minnesota got all the messages in Spanish. And the, <laughs> it was great. It was, it was great. Uh, but the responses were amazing from a validation standpoint because they were like, ha, 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 Mike, I haven't taken Spanish since the third grade. Uh, or bueno question mark, is that right? Is Just people... It, it it was like holy cow this is real this is they really didn't, they, they didn't feel spammed no they didn't feel spammed no unsubscribes zero from that um so yeah that's uh it's it's been a, it's been fun yeah very cool um the, the so i i, I don't want you to re reveal trade secrets or anything like that is, is there an example question or a, a, a template um you know, like something along the lines of, 
at least what we teach in marketing is, you know, how are you? Some form of how are you is amazing at, you know, reactivating uh, patients in, in, in terms of conversation. Is there something like that that you've learned that uh, would, would be a valuable here, uh, valuable piece of information? Yeah, I. my favorite question is our Goldilocks question. Uh, so how long are your exercises taking you? Which really is going to tell you two data points, assuming you get a response and they're not lying, which of course is two assumptions you have to make, right? But um, if, if someone's going to respond, they're probably not going to lie, right? Especially with that. So it, it tells you, does this fit? in their life. So I care about you, right? Like, does this, does what I've given you actually fit into your life? And then also, are you doing it, right? Because you're probably not going to have an opinion on it if you're not doing them at, at all. Um, that's probably going to be one of your non-response uh, days. Uh, so that's that's one of my favorite questions. Um, and when it gets to more of that behavioral science and the clinical aspect, that's where I'd be like, hey, Paul, head of clinical, talk to him. He's the the DPT that that has all that expertise. Um, and uh, yeah, he we've gotten so deep, especially into the neuro population in particular, uh, where we've seen a lot of success in stroke, Parkinson's, uh, falls, vertigo, right? Because not everyone has a home exercise plan, nor is it, it a fit for them. And so how can you drive that therapeutic data coming back into this RTM platform and for us, Sarah, to be able to give the clinician that valuable data to where we have anecdotally are hearing a lot of that, oh, as a clinician, I'm not asking you, how was your pain or were you able to get outside yesterday? I'm not asking those questions. I already have that data. And so when it comes to the appointment, I'm able to get out from my computer three to five minutes quicker because my first question to you is, Hey, Chad, I see that your pain has been going down and your exercises are getting a little too easy. Can we talk like, are you ready to progress to the next exercise? Like you, you've already checked so many boxes as a clinician, right? That you're able to at least get out in front of the screen quicker. Now, I'm not going to be disingenuous and saying I'm reducing documentation time yet uh, for, for that. Um, that uh, at the latter end, we are, I know we can get to that, uh, but yeah, that's, our goal is just to help clinicians be clinicians again, right? Like uh, we we have a couple of North Stars. Uh, one is to reduce clinician admin time to 5% and, and do everything we can to, to get there. And the other is to raise, be able to have, make it make sense for practice owners, but be able to raise the average salary for PTs to $150,000. I mean, 112 grand coming out of student loans is insane and, and completely, it's unsustainable. And so that's what we push the team on and I push the team on is how can we achieve these absolutely insane goals? Because if we do get close, then we're going to make for a better movement health population and inclination group. Uh, I would love to ask you more questions about that, but it, we, we have a lot to hear. <laughs> um, so the, as an owner, thinking about rolling out RTM, how do you go through, you know, the first question we're going to ask is, you know, is this worth it? So I know you have a very specific tool, which we can link to here in the show notes for everybody, but you have an ROI calculator. How do you help owners? Uh, how are you helping owners think through, you know, should I be adding RTM uh, to my practice? One of the big things that we find we have to shift a lot is don't think about purely top line revenue, right? If you think of how an income statement looks, you have your top line, you have your cost of goods sold, then you get to your gross margin, and then you start to look at EBITDA and net income, right? I'm, I'm breezing through it, but 
thinking about that RTM code is, is really how how much margin do you get, get to keep for that? And that's how we've always thought about pricing our, our product is how can we give practice owners at least a four to five X uh, ROI on their money to us. So if you know, in our pricing model, I'll just say it is $15 per billable patient per month for 98977. So first month, Medicare, you're getting paid roughly 75 bucks, right? Is the, the national average. You're keeping five, we get one for every month thereafter. If we if if it's on the backs of our platform. So if we get the engagement, because that's our problem, that's our service, then you get paid and we keep basically a quarter for month two and they're on. So as you're looking at how much margin am I getting per visit, right? Maybe it's 20 bucks. And how much margin am I getting on the first month of, of RTM? If you include some staff time in there, which is iffy, like you're still probably at with us 50 bucks for that first month of RTM and, and margin. So that's two and a half visits uh, in, in comparison. So a lot of times what we find ourselves doing is, is having the stop thinking about the revenue piece because revenue can get eaten up with cost. Think about what kind of margin RTM drives. And and that's the way that that we find I find myself trying to shift thinking quite a bit with uh, with practice owners. Great. So uh, if you look at your, I, I'm going to ask you like the Ray Kroc um, milkshake, you know, McDonald's brothers milkshake question. But uh, if you look at your most successful practice owners who've rolled out RTM, and uh, I know we've had uh, Brad Saunders on the podcast, uh, practice manager in, uh, in the Carolinas, um, so the, those successful practice owners that are rolling it out, what are they doing that is different from the rest of us? How are they standing out? They're doing what's best for their practice. And I'm not going to give you like a, it depends. I'm actually going to give you a, an answer. Um, so it, they're doing what's best for this practice. So I think uh, uh, of Mike at Kinetic. Uh, they're outside of Chicago and very much a, a tight knit Almost very much a family feel. When I went in there for the onboarding, like it feels like a family when you walk in there and like, hey, we're going to do this because this is the best thing for our patients and our clinicians. And it's how we're going to be able to not only survive amidst these Medicare cuts, we're going to be able to thrive. And and that that was that was enough. Right. And and having that closeness of a a group can allow you just to, hey, we're driving towards this better mission. And and this is a, a tool to help us get there. Uh, for others, we've seen where it can be really helpful to incentivize the clinician. Um, so we have some practices that are on, you know, basically RBU type models where where that uh, where that's helpful. But I will say, we've done some some AB testing with this, and in general, clinicians when they hear about our outcome study have a higher adoption jump than when they hear they're going to get a bonus. So in general, it's really about the outcome. So uh, that was surprising me. I mean, I'm a, I'm a business guy. I figured, oh, like you incentivize with extra cash. I mean, I know what I would do, right? Uh, I, that was me all throughout high school, college. Like, oh, I can make more money by starting a business. Like, okay, yeah, I'll do that. Um, absolutely. Oh, I have to work more. Fantastic. This would be great. Uh, so the clinical side. Uh, now some are going to be you know more hey you know, the, and I think there does need to be a sharing of the wealth in general for this but thinking a pure financial 
incentive is going to work, I, I think is a, is a fool's mission. And there needs to be that clinical, uh, either leading with the clinical or at least clinical sandwiched in with a, a, a financial incentive. Feels like it would be amiss if I didn't ask what was in the outcome study. Uh, so we we did it with uh, our practice in, in Rochester, Minnesota, Active PT, and basically what we did was did a randomized uh, collection of patients that were not on RTM or Sarah and patients that were on Sarah, and then looked at their photo scores. And what we found was that patients got more better faster if they were on Sarah. So they were 2.3 2.3 fewer visits. Uh, they were, I think, either 11 or 12 more photo points. And again, my non-clinician is showing, uh, but <laughs> 11 or 12 more photo points than the the control group. And the, the and here's again, where we get back to the margin discussion, is the total cost, and, and maybe we can talk about the payer side as well here, the total cost of care went down by about $120 to $130, but the margin per episode went up by 47 And so even if you just, you know, setters, paribus, hold it all even, you're making more per episode, even though your people, even though your staff has fewer visits. That's that's a good thing. Now, if you start layering on, oh, well, now I can get more evals in, uh, the, the model gets even prettier, but just holding it all even and saying, okay, this is what RTM enables for us that yes, maybe it is a couple fewer visits and yes, maybe that does include some sort of top line depression, but my margin is better, which means my business is healthier. Great. So the, the visits going down per plan of care can, can be a good thing both for the patient and also for the practice. Yep. Great. Um, sounds like a win-win. Uh, so tough question here. Uh, the and I've asked this question for every RTM guest that we've had on here um, on the podcast. The the one cons- genuine concern that I had as an owner when I first heard about RTM, and just for some context, the first time I ever treated anybody online was 2011. So the, the which was wild treating somebody over Skype is what we had at the time. Um, brutal, <laughs> but, uh, um, the, uh, so treated somebody virtually and then, uh, did that for a couple of years, but got away from that model now, because of what we've gone through, uh, in the pandemic, the last three years, the hybrid model seems like it's very much here to stay. Um, but the, the concern that I've had is here, we're relying, you know, if we look at what's happened over the last 30 years in the marketplace, insurances in general have not only not kept up with inflation, they're dramatically flat, right? 30 years, just completely flat. Um, So declining reimbursements. And yet here again with RTM, it seems like we're relying again on insurance companies. So open floor, how do do we think through that as an owner um, that I'm not once again hopping in with uh, solely with insurance companies and letting my marketplace value be dictated by them? It's a tough question, and for us, I I don't know if I have a good answer for your your practice owners, but it's why we're already starting to do research ourselves, so we can arm practice owners with that data. Like, hey, Blue Cross, you pay less 
when you use us and we make better margins so we can see more of your people. If you have people going out of network like crazy that aren't taking you, that aren't taking United, that aren't taking whoever, because you have me on a $55 a day rate that I'm just not going to take anymore. Right. And, and so there's, there's a healthy tension, even if it doesn't feel like it. Um, and, and I, in general, think that that PT has been been kicked a lot more as an industry than any others. And uh, may, I, I I want the underdog to succeed. Uh, and, and so there's I don't know there's that's one of our driving forces is like, gosh, like I can go into a PT and move better. I can send my grandma in to not have to worry about her falling either as much or at all for an extended period of time. I can have my dad go visit to be able to actually be able to get the pain out of his knee and be able to move better with my son, you know, his grandson. What other practice provides that type of freedom, of movement freedom? And and I know I'm preaching to, to the choir a little bit, but I I think that there's, I think the reason that Medicare put this in in the first place is their falls epidemic is not getting any better. And their social isolation is absolutely getting worse. And it's so much so that that's what the Surgeon General has gone on to talk about in a few of his last you know, public uh, remarks. And I don't think it's too, too much to say preceding a fall is a decline in movement health. That's pretty easy, right? Um, for the most part. Now, granted, of course, there's uh, balance and, and all sorts of other things and medication adherence and all that. Uh, I think also a decline in movement health is the major lead to social isolation, right? If you can't get out into the world and you're making people come see you, it's going to be harder. Like, that's logical, right? And so as I'm Medicare and I'm thinking, oh, these are my two biggest health risks, I got to figure out something to be able to juice the the PT experience and the OT experience. And now as you have all these other groups that are coming into Medicare Advantage and, and other managed care, and they're starting to see like, and holy cow, uh, my wife is a nurse practitioner. She works in an internal med group that goes into senior living, um, primarily assisted. And she sees it every day. We talk about it every night. Man, if these people could just move a little bit better. Yeah. And just... As much as you don't want there to be pain, pain is what causes change. And I think you're starting to see this ground swell in especially that last pieces of, of life and people starting to realize like if we invest in movement health, it's going to pay off really, really well. That's why we put these codes in already. And I'm an eternal optimist, so hopefully I'm right. But um, that's, yeah, I think that's why I wouldn't, I wouldn't worry about it as much, at least in my, in my opinion. I'm basing my entire business off it. I'm basing my entire business off one CPT code, right? Like one, one that we do really well. Uh, and so I, this isn't something I, I take lightly. Fair enough. I, what, what I heard in there is doing the right thing and also make sure we collect a ton of data <laughs> so we can justify what we're doing in the, in the journey in the process. Absolutely. So when these medical policy reviews come up every year, which they do for each and every payer, we can start to be able to push data to them and say, hey, here's the reason why you should cover it. And yes, of course, it has to include some sort of cost of care and um, and outcomes and, and all that with it. But it can also include an extra margin for you at 100%. Great. Um, the so, so we'll, again, we'll link out to the ROI model. For everybody here, um, 
All right. The couple of questions for you. Um, we can go two different ways. When's your next uh, lifting competition? <laughs> um, I'm still deciding between the American Open One in uh, in Columbus, Ohio, uh, or Masters Nationals. Uh, I believe that's in Reno. Um, so one of, one of the two. Uh, I'll go out and put a very mediocre total uh, on, uh, <laughs> and that'll be that'll be that. If you want to see me in a uh and of course it's branded because i'll always be branding uh i do have a sarah health uh singlet that i wear um so <laughs> that's great <laughs> maybe i'll give you one of those pictures to link out to uh <laughs> as, as well what, what is the what is the best way for our listeners to uh learn more about sarah health and uh contact you Stephen? absolutely um sarah health so s-a-r-a health.io is, is our website, you know, please come visit us there. And that's where we have an ROI calculator that you can use that assumes zero timed codes. So um, we do not assume that you will put any time into this to be able to make this work for you and in, in your own return on investment. If you decide to do that, we can show you what that means, but that's, that's uh, we build on the backs of, of our software and, and that's, that's our, our model um, versus, you know, having to make time codes work to, to get the, the ROI that you need. Um, and my email is Steven. So S T E V E N at S R a health.com. Feel free to, to reach out directly. Um, pretty active on LinkedIn too. So, you know, don't hesitate to, to do that. And I'm generally posting one RTM rant a week. Uh, that is generally, you know, two, three, maybe two minutes read. So pretty quick. Uh, so if, if you like rants and, and want to learn more about RTM, I try to make it as digestible as possible. Cool. Uh, I know another question uh, that I wanted to ask you. Update for insurance companies who are now reimbursing the CPT code you mentioned. Um, where, where are we at today with our team? We've seen multiple Blue Cross Blue Shield plans pay. Uh, we've also seen a couple not. So in particular, Blue Cross Blue Shield of Illinois and Blue Cross Blue Shield of Kansas City, we have seen denials um, and then provide communication that they're not covering these. Um, Michigan Blue Cross Blue Shield has been a little bit of a bear, but is covering it. Um, so, you know, eh, take <laughs> wins with the losses. Uh, United has been really good uh, across the, the U.S., which is a big surprise to to most. Um, I'll get to why that, that's not. Um, Cigna came out and did their weird, we're not going to pay for it. Now we might. Um, and we've heard from some other customers that, that that's been that's been good. Uh, Aetna, Humana. Emblem um, and a few other of the like more Medicare and Medicaid specifics uh, have have been solid. It's definitely not completely unanimous, but it's it's looking better and better by the day. Um, so I think there's you can check your physician fee schedule. Obviously, that doesn't always mean they're going to cover it. Um, we have some folks that are really intensive about pre-os, and, and that's a strategy as well to to double check that that for sure is going to get covered. Um, so all in all, I'd say. It's been good. It's been good with some unfortunate uh, folks that have either pulled out or honestly, their systems haven't caught up to it. Uh, it's also very possible that their systems simply haven't caught up to it. Uh, we had one group that got denied because they weren't of the correct provider status, despite them being a DPT. And I can almost guarantee you that once the appeal gets done, they're going to say, oh, sorry, we thought this was RPM that had to be an MD. Like We've seen 
nonsense. Uh, that was one of my last LinkedIn posts. Like with RTM, expect nonsense. Um, and it's it's unfortunate, but that's those are some of the things we've seen and helped our, our practice owners be able to to fight through um, and now have uh, a partnership with a, a ref cycle company that actually is the expert in remote patient monitoring, uh, where if a clinic decides they want to do this, they basically can put in Sarah, we'll do all of the engagement. Of course, the clinician still has to intervene. If there's anything that, that happens, we don't step into the patient provider relationship. Uh, but at the end, basically, yep, sign off on this. Good. We bill it for you. And it's it's mailbox money. Um, so, so we'll do the full cycle if folks want that. And part of that was driven by just the nonsense and us not accepting that this can't be easy. Yeah. Sounds like it, overall it's moving in the right direction. Moving in the right direction. And I think as more folks, and it's not just us that's doing research, uh, there are other RTM companies and RPM companies that are, are doing really, really good research. And um, we're going to continue to publish and, and put data out there that shows that this really works. And, and that's how we're going to be able to fight this. And even if the payers broadly uh, you know, push back, well, then there are other opportunities with self-insured employer plans and, and other things to where there's this nice, healthy tension to where you can start to, to be able to, to make things happen. That's you know, two, three, five years down the road uh, to be able to start making those plays. But that's how quick insurance works. So <laughs> that's, that's, that's fine. Great. Two more questions. Uh, I think I said two more before. Now I really mean it. Uh, <laughs> the, the Growing up, the book that influenced you the most. Ooh, you know, I think I've read and reread the Lord of the Rings trilogy probably seven, ten times. I, I did easily, easily double digits. Um, I um, so I, I'm, I'm a Christian um, and, and try to do my my best to to follow my faith, uh, though I fall astray uh, from from time to time. Uh, and I love how Tolkien was able to really create a, a wonderful story about being able to, and you know, for some it signifies addiction and being able to beat addiction um, in that, you know, massive saga. Um, and I think it's just really overcoming any adversity that the the world throws at you. And, and I love the, I don't know, the creativity, like all of it. Um, and, and so that is, that's, that's been the most, I think, influential um, in terms of, of thinking creatively, being okay with, the hard times and the adversity, uh, knowing that almost inevitably there's something better at the the other end. Nice. Uh, wow, we went Olympic lifting to Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Very nice. Uh, and final question: What's your goal for whatever meet? What's your your total goal? Ah, uh, total goal. Honestly, I want to place top ten, and I'm guessing that's going to require. Somewhere around a 110 snatch, so two, 240, 245 uh, pounds, and then probably a 137, 140 clean and jerk. Um, so three, 315. Um, that's, that's my guess of what it's, what's going to take. Um, and we'll see. We'll see. That, that training has to go well, but it's, it's not crazy. Awesome. Well, Stephen, thank you so much for being on uh, being on the podcast here. This was great. And for all of our listeners, again, we'll be linking out that ROI calculator, Stephen's LinkedIn, and also the Sarah Health uh, website here. Thanks again, Stephen. Thank you, Chad. 
Remember to visit GetBreakthrough.com to access our free resource library designed specifically for private practice growth. While you're there, make sure you register for a complimentary growth assessment to learn about potential opportunities for growth in your local market. Again, thank you for tuning into the Grow Your Practice podcast and supporting our mission to help people in pain get back to normal naturally.